Welcome back to episode 148 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another Game Week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of Game Week 13. So we're coming out of the final international break of 2023 and there are just so many injury concerns around the league right now. It's difficult to know which ones are legit and which ones were just an excuse for some early rests ahead of the league games. This week will definitely be one to pay attention to the press conference news and thankfully we've got a standard Friday deadline to be able to make some last minute decisions if we need to. After this weekend's return to action we then have our first winter treat with three game weeks spread over just eight days as game weeks 14, 15 and 16 span between the 2nd to the 10th of December which always makes planning podcasts really easy. I'm recording this episode on Tuesday the 21st of November So any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then and of course subject to change and probably will change because we still have some international matches kicking off and playing as I speak. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Edingra, Brennan Johnson, Kudus, Doku and a few more. So let's get straight into it. So kicking things off with waiver watch, the main players coming in and out in game week 12. Before the international break, the players coming in were Mikolenko, which was a good move off the back of his goal because he followed that up with another one. Um, Jamal Lascelles, Livermento, Wambasaka, Mope and Kudus was on that list. The players leaving were Dan Byrne, Richarlison, Van de Ven, Botman Foster and Bruno Gomares. Looking at the fixture barometer, and if we take out Arsenal, who've got a nice run, and maybe Brighton, because a lot of their players will be taken, there are a few other teams with lots of availability moving into a nice run. I'm going to start with Brentford. Now, they've got Arsenal this weekend, but they follow that up with uh, Luton and Sheffield United in uh, the second and fourth game weeks after this. Burnley have got a nice run coming up, if you fancy any of their guys. West Ham, Sheffield United, Wolves, Brighton, Everton and Fulham. Palace will be uh, big on the movers and shakers this week because they have uh, Luton this weekend and follow that up with West Ham and Bournemouth. So quite a nice time to have some of their players. Forest have uh, a nice run too. Brighton, Everton, Fulham and Wolves. And finally, West Ham have Burnley, Palace, Spurs, Fulham and Wolves. So a very nice little run into mid-December for them too. So let's get into the main picks. Going to start with Neto for Wolves. It doesn't sound like Neto is far away from a return, though sadly this week could be slightly too soon. His ownership peaked at 96% in 10-team leagues back in game week 10. Since then, it sagged down to 83%, so there will be a few more leagues out there in which he has become available. Now, consistency is always prized in draft FPL, and Neto currently holds the record this season for consecutive goal involvements each week. Uh, He registered a goal or assist in eight consecutive league games, which included fixtures against the likes of Liverpool, City and Newcastle. So able to do it against anyone. Wolves can't get him back soon enough as he is the key cog in their attacking machine. A fact that makes their victory over Spurs before the break even more impressive. Now, if you look on Twitter, on Reddit, on any of the forums, there are loads of questions, loads of trades and waiver chat around um, a whole clutch of midfielders, which include the likes of Adingra, Brennan Johnson, Kudus, Doku, um, lots of people kind of getting in a bit of a twist about them. So let's just chat through 
a few of those guys. Let's take Doku very quickly, a player regularly starting in the league for City and a player capable of putting up more than 20 points in a single game week should not require much discussion. City do have a tough game next against Liverpool and I wouldn't be shocked if Graylish started that one. But that doesn't do anything to affect Doku's value and cause his name to be thrown around like waiver trash. So if you're fortunate enough to have him, keep him. Next is Adingra. For me, is really just take him or leave him player. He scored last game week to reward owners, but it's hardly been the sort of output we'd expect had um, like Solly March been fit and playing off that right side for the last few games. Brighton have good fixtures. Say injuries to the likes of March, Welbeck and Ferguson means there isn't too much guessing to do up top at the moment. It also um, seems that Mitoma might miss out this weekend. And Brighton have scored in every league game they've played so far this season. So you can be reasonably confident in their attack if you choose one of the guys that's playing. Now, if you've had enough and fancy one of the other names being banded about, then by all means, go for it. It's really not going to make or break your season. Next is Brennan Johnson, by no means a consistent performer in a Spurs shirt and somebody that will benefit from a run of games in the team. The problem here is the surrounding team is a bit of a mess at the moment and now has to live without James Madison for a couple of busy months, which sucks all the creativity out of the team. Fixtures aren't particularly great either. He's good enough to be picked up, but I wouldn't go out my way to get him or drop any of these other names just to bring him in. Then we've got Mohamed Kudus for West Ham. Everyone seems to be waking up to him now. Um, and, and him being a proper player. We've now got some injury doubts to Antonio and Jared Bowen. There have been some injury doubts about Kudus too, but they've not been as loud as they have been for Antonio and Bowen. Bowen obviously had to pull out the in- England squad, and we don't have a, too much detail on that yet. But um, yeah, Kudus is versatile, powerful, can put the ball in the back of the net. Great fixtures coming up into mid-December, and I'm sure we'll see his ownership continue to rise. Between game weeks 11 and 12, in 10-team leagues, for example, his ownership went from 46% to 70%, which is a crazy jump for any player in a single game week mid-season, um, and I think just a sign of the times. Another midfielder to uh, mention, one currently red-flagged, is is Harvey Barnes. Now, official FPL site has him listed for a turn around New Year, but comments from how a few weeks ago suggested he could be back soon after the international break, which is a lot more positive. Given the other injuries, the likes of Wilson, Almiron, Murphy, Anderson, and the fact Isaac seems constantly injury prone at the moment, they'll be very glad to get him back fit. And because needs must, he'll probably be straight back into the starting eleven. Concerning though that they were unable to break down Bournemouth on their last outing, which is the most obvious sign of their struggles without those key players, I doubt there are many, if any, listeners out there who are currently in possession of a full 15 squad without any injury or suspension flags but if that was you he's the sort of name you could think about bringing in now the other name to mention here and off the back of some of those injuries i just mentioned for west ham danny ings comes into our thoughts his ownership somehow is still 31 percent in 10 team leagues which is far far too high considering he's barely played even the equivalent of a full game's worth of minutes so far this season zero attack and returns in the league so far but if he gets a couple of starts, he is still value for a goal. Into Hidden Gems next. And I'm going to skirt over these a little bit because I've got a few trades to talk about afterwards. Uh, Webster for Brighton. Quite a safe start now given there's injury doubts uh, to Dunk. And I think there's also a slight doubt between Van Heck and Igor for a starting spot. So Webster would be a safe pair of hands there. I mentioned already that Brighton have scored in every game. They've also conceded in every game. Um, surely has to change soon, but they're not really a defence that, that are drawing me in just at the moment. In midfield, Ben Tanker for Spurs, I expect to start this weekend. 
Um, Bissouma's uh, out for a ban. Um, obviously, Madison's out. Hoybieg and Saar will start. After that, it falls down to either Bentanker or Lakelso to come in. And Lakelso to me, seems to be well out of the equation. So I think Bentanker will get his start. Back before his injury, he was someone that was getting decent ownership in draft FPL leagues. So, yeah, we'll wait and see whether or not he can get back to any kind of form. And definitely worth a grab in bigger leagues. Next is Sarabia for Wolves. Uh, obviously came on and really changed the game at the end in their win, their comeback win over Spurs before the international break. Given that performance, I think it'd be a real shame if he wasn't rewarded with a start in this one. Um, I've currently got him penciled in my predicted lineup. A game against Fulham on Monday night is no bad shout for any of their attackers to get on the uh, score sheet. So yeah, he's another one to think about in larger leagues. And then finally, a striker option is Ollie McBurney for Sheffield United. Expect to be back from injury maybe this week or the week after on penalties when he's on the pitch. If your third striker is currently not playing, could be somebody to sub in. In terms of a most hidden gem pick, we could have Sarabia in here. His ownership is less than 10% in 16-team leagues. The other two names I had down on here as maybes were Bulldog for Sheffield United in defence. They've got a home game against Bournemouth this weekend. The other option, if you fancy something with a bit more excitement, was McAtee for, again, Sheffield United at home to Bournemouth in a game that Sheffield United should be looking at on paper as one to target for all three points. So let's talk about a couple of trades. So uh, over the international break, got sent a couple of interesting trades to talk about, and uh, I'm going to go over them now. So the first one, got sent a trade this week from FPL Pato. It's a big one, so just listen closely for a sec, um, because it's a four for four. So Pato will receive Gabriel Jesus, Van de Ven, Longstaff and Castagna. He intends to wave around the latter three. So essentially he's trading for Gabriel Jesus. And in return, he's giving up Ben White, Canate, Diogo Jota and Cunha. So first things first, any deal which has more than three players on each side is virtually impossible to appraise properly because the variance just goes up exponentially. But simplifying it down to its main moving parts can usually help so Jesus's value in my eyes has been on the steady decline as the season has gone on but he still holds good trade value due to the potential as a prolific number nine for Arsenal my only doubts here are whether Jesus can ever truly be a prolific number nine both due to finishing ability and his ability to stay fit for long enough on the other side if we look at those four Cunha is waiver fodder I'd argue Konate is too given Liverpool's uh, defence this season so then we've got Jota and Ben White. Jota is, can be a frustrating player to own, but always capable of a good score when he starts. Ben White is an underrated asset this season. 53 points from 11 appearances is very decent, consistent return. I think he's fourth or fifth overall in the defenders so far. And obviously coming off the back of a really big uh, FPL season last year, I think he was second only to Trippier from memory serves. Personally, I think White or Jota could feasibly outscore Jesus between now and the end of the season. Mainly, that'll be mainly with Jesus potentially missing more games. The combination of both together, for me, would tip the scales. And for me, it's giving up a bit too much for, for Jesus. That's just the trade as it stands, though. And it's obviously far more complicated because the manager is also intending to waver out two or three of those players that he's bringing in. And is sort of already looking at the likes of Ramsey, Moreno, um, and another name which would obviously drastically change the arithmetic on the deal. But in terms of just looking at the trade itself, for me, I'd rather keep uh, the Ben White and the Jota side. Then another trade sent to me during the break from draft OG Bertie Scrace. He gave away Ruben Diaz, Odegaard and Awani. And in return, he received 
Saliba, Sabozlai and Cameron Archer. Now, at first glance, the top side, the first side of that deal looks the more glamorous. But if I had to choose a single player from all of those six players to own myself, it would be Saliba. Ruben Diaz doesn't even have half the points that he's managed to get so far this season because City's defence is just not consistent in keeping clean sheets. On the midfield side, Sabozlai also is currently outscoring Odegaard by a couple of points. And it seems that Odegaard's struggles to kind of hit the highs of last year were probably partly what triggered this deal being made in the first place. If you look at the strikers, Awani is a bit of an upgrade on Archer, but it's not really a deal breaker here. It's a trade I'm not sure I'd have the balls to broker myself, but from my warm, um, comfortable ivory tower, I like the boldness in moving on from a disappointing early rounder in Odegaard for a couple of players who are proving to be very dependable this year in Saliba and Sabozlai. And if I had to bet now which side of this trade is going to come come up trumps come the end of the season, it would be Saliba, Sabozlai and Archer. So that's it for this episode. A reminder that the wave deadline is on Friday the 24th of November, 11am UK time. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you're subscribed on whichever platform you're listening to so you don't miss out on any future episodes as they drop. If you haven't yet checked out draftfc.co.uk, I would urge you to do so. And if you use the code draftfcpod, all one word, capitalised, draftfcpod, you will get a one-month free trial. So there's no reason really not to go and have a look um, and suss out the site if you haven't already. It's a really good time to use the one-month free trial right now because of the fixture congestion. Um, so if you sign up now, your 30-day free trial will get you six game weeks worth of uh, of activity on the site, which includes the waiver planner, um, the live game week feature, all sorts on there. I mean, there's no reason for me just to list it all off now, and you may as well just go and check it out for yourselves. If you want your trades discussed on any future episodes, then just DM me on Twitter or X. Uh, give us a follow at draft underscore FC. You can also use that to message us about anything else that you fancy, if it's to do with Draft FBL. So that's it for this one. Best of luck ahead of Game Week 13. And until next time, stay shook. <laughs>